Hello and welcome to another episode of Project Spark. Now, moment marketing is something that I thrive on on a regular basis at work, and I encourage my team to do so as well. Now, November first being World Vegan Day, it was important for me to speak to Namita Satish, a vegan entrepreneur, a plant-based chef, and the founder of Bergamot. Her story on why she decided to go vegan and therefore share her love for plant-based, nutritious, and yummy vegan food, if I may add, is really what I want to unearth today in this episode of Project Spark. Welcome to Project Spark, uh, Namita, and Happy World Vegan Day and Month to you. Um, you know, thank you so much for sharing your perspective on how vegan food actually is quite healthy and tasty at the same time. Um, you know, and that it actually is not rocket science in its literal sense, right? Demystifying the very demeanor that plant-based food, uh, you know, sort of showcases today, I think is something that so many vegan entrepreneurs in our country, you know, like you, are sort of looking to solve. And I'm super excited to listen to what your journey has been so far. Hi, Smriti. Thank you so much for having me. First of all, this is my first podcast. I'm a little nervous, but yeah, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. <laughs> Awesome. So maybe uh, you know we should maybe kickstart this conversation about your journey. Uh, about your journey, you actually quit quite a lucrative uh, chance at a career in architecture, if I'm not wrong, right? And uh, right. you instead sort of kindled that spark in you to become a chef. So what's your little backstory there, uh, Namita? I did. Yes. So um, I actually studied BR after graduating, and um, I kind of knew like uh, once I was done with like first year that I didn't want to continue it. but um, you know like um, family suggested that i continue to like finish maybe i'll change my mind and such so anyways that didn't happen um, but um, so like i've always enjoyed cooking and even, like maybe when i was in 10th grade i had actually done like a small internship at le meridian back in my hometown wow. and that was amazing yeah it was such a amazing experience for me my mom's friend was a manager there so she like got me in for a month and i loved that and i very briefly considered a career in like hotel management and stuff um but in hindsight that was not that was probably not the best option because then i would have been cooking with meat my my whole journey would have been different really but yeah. um yeah so um when i sort of you know when architecture was ending like the course was coming to an end i was trying to figure out like what do i do with my life because i knew i would not want to do architecture like whatever else it might be so i was actually looking on work away for a couple of like options to maybe like intern somewhere and um, i'm from cochin so i applied to there was there's one vegan restaurant in cochin i applied there and i asked if you might have an opportunity for me to like intern with you so the owner got back to me and she told me like we are actually looking for a chef why don't you join in so i mean yeah i was not expecting that at all but that was just the best you know the best opportunity that could come my way at the time so yeah. that, i did join there as a chef i started like as a junior and then sort of you know that was just uh, a really good place for me to grow and then like by the end of it by the time um, i left that i was a head chef there so that's wow the gist of my journey yes <laughs> You know that's amazing, and I'm so glad you didn't really sort of change your mind, right? Oh, yeah. Thank God. thank God for letting go of architecture. Um, you know, but you must you must tell me, and we'll get to the you know we'll get to why you turned vegan, uh, specifically right. now. How did that really happen to you? Uh, that was one part of the question, and I think the second part of the question, therefore, is why become a vegan chef, uh, Namita? Because I think right. you know that's far too a niche in a country like ours. It's still super mm. nascent. I think you can count the number of vegan chefs that we have in our country by probably a couple of hands. Um, right. So why why veganism and why why a vegan chef? Um, so few problem. I mean, I, people don't believe it when I say this, but I was actually a hardcore non-vegetarian before. Uh, I'm a Malayali. My family eats meat. 
um all of us were raised eating meat and uh, you know some of the stereotypes that exist as well but until like 12th grade i think i used to eat a lot of meat in fact back in the day i was really into like fitness and stuff and i was on this the thing called the paleo diet which was trending back then which was essentially yeah. just mostly meat um and uh, my aunt turned vegetarian for like spiritual reasons and she sort of explained to me um the the you know the fact that there's this cruelty and pain in uh, us consuming meat like the animals are for so right. even though i felt bad because i've always loved animals i mean when i say animals at the time it was just cats and dogs but uh, that sort of sparked something in my head but because uh, i was so used to eating meat i loved the taste i loved the flavor it was so important to me from a fitness perspective because right. protein and everything right so i just sort of pushed it back of my mind <laughs> i just never you know thought of it again then about one year later um we had gone to vietnam and uh, i mean of course it's just a cultural thing for them but for me it was very like it was a very you know <laughs> i would say traumatic at that time so right. they served me some prawns uh, i ordered prawns and they served it to me on a platter and when it came to me um the prawns still had their eyes and their you know feelers their their shell everything on and that's right. my first time actually seeing an animal not as the end product on my plate but rather the literal you know the animal itself yeah so that sort of was what got that connection for me and then immediately like you know with what my aunt said and this and everything sort of just connected together and that day i just quit eating meat yeah so that's how that the the transition was essentially the main transition was from a non vegetarian to a vegetarian and that's yep. where i realized the the ethical part of it and then being a vegan was a very slow process because i loved cooking and i would always like look for these uh, recipes which were like eggless and stuff and you will always see the word vegan coming up like yeah. six years ago when i first went vegan it was not like a commonly used term in india yeah. so yeah so a lot of the recipes would be western and they would say vegan then i sort of looked into it and it was a very slow transition where i quit egg then dairy and then finally um i would say six years back i think i became i switched over to a vegan diet right um so why vegan chef though because i'm sure there was a of course we'll get to the bergamot story in a bit but there should have been a reason why you wanted to get into the you know get into the you know shoes of a chef more importantly so was there a reason why you decided to do that right so um it was actually that i loved cooking but by the time i decided that this might be a genuine career op- opportunity for me i was already a vegan right. so there was obviously no turning back to you know cooking with animals again so there yeah. that was just like that was just the only option for me that if i am going to pursue this it would be as a vegan and not you know otherwise right i think master chef also had a vegan chef right and when he was yes. uh, sort of uh, forced to i wouldn't say forced to but i think when he was given a choice to work with meat he decided not to do so and pulled out of the competition instead so right. i i honestly I, i definitely do get what you mean and i also don't mm-hmm. know what it means to be a non vegetarian and therefore to go sort of vegan right so yeah mine was a similar journey by the way uh we've right, spoken about this so i was mm-hmm. i was thoroughly non vegetarian in every oh. aspect possible uh i enjoyed my meat and i wouldn't say i wouldn't i could not live without meat but i would prefer meat uh you know mm-hmm. when compared to vegetarian food right right at this point in time and uh this is back in 
2013 is when I quit meat altogether. But I was still sort of, you know, attached to egg for some reason. I think egg it was eggs. the whole fad about the fact that oh my god, you need to get your protein intake. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You won't necessarily get it otherwise. Mm. I think that happened. And then if you if you remember this, the whole jelly cutter protest happened in Chennai as well, right? Uh, back right, in right. 2000 uh, 2017, if I'm not wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So that was the day that I actually turned vegan overnight, and I still oh, remember. Okay. my entire body was reverberating because of that decision mm. because i was letting go of dairy which i was very fond of not necessarily milk but the by products of milk right made be cheese made be anything to do with cream more importantly i think your deserts were filled with the with with those by products of dairy so i think yes in it, it was a very fast journey for me you know from being vegetarian to becoming rather egetarian to becoming vegan mm-hmm. uh, right. it lasted a good 3 years before before i became pregnant and i unfortunately couldn't continue to be on that journey i'm still struggling right. to sort of get back into it because i think after a point it's not so much the fact that you don't love animals anymore but i think it's also the fact that it becomes a habit right your body thinks that mm. it needs that amount of dairy but i do mm. know that i've you know been there done that before i think i'm ho- i'm hoping to jump back into that you know bandwagon sooner than later right Now, i'm sure i'm sure i'll be able to yeah so you know i've, I've in those 3 years and i think even now i think namita one of the things that i do right and especially when i check check swiggy or if i go to a particular restaurant and i do see the option of you know a vegan dish it sort of mm-hmm. attracts me towards that right i always want mm-hmm. to taste it and i do know that it's going to be loaded either with mushrooms or it's going to be loaded with tofu because yeah, it yeah, really yeah. there's no other option if you think about it right? right but i do know that at bergamot and that's probably I'm assuming that's one of the reasons why you decided to start, uh, you know, Bergamot in the first place to really sort of showcase to people that vegan food or rather plant-based food can actually be tasty and nutritious at the same time. Um, mm. You know, by you know sort of incorporating a lot of ingredients in it and not necessarily restrict yourself to like a mushroom right. or a tofu, right? right, right. So. you i'd love for you to tell me a little bit about bergamot first of all what what on earth does bergamot even mean <laughs> i've got that, that question so fun. many times <laughs> oh perfect so, so and citrus <laughs> oh great lovely okay yeah. so you know it, it, okay so should there be a reason why you named uh, named your restaurant or rather your your company your food company if i may want to call it that uh, after a, after the citrus so over to you to let, tell me that little story of yours yes um So bergamot is actually my favorite essential oil, and I love using essential oils. Like they really calm me down and everything. So right. it just seemed to click for me that bergamot was also like a. It's a very seasonal, region-specific ingredient. We right. really don't see it a lot in even Western cooking, or I mean, in India, it's almost impossible to find something to eat. I mean, it is impossible to find something to eat which has bergamot in it, but it is commonly used um, in. Um, Southeast Asia and stuff like that. So I thought I'd, you know, sort of name it after that. <laughs> There's uh, nothing more to it. Right. Okay. So you know, there should be a mission behind you starting bergamot. Okay. So bergamot is how you pronounce it. Is that correct? Bergamot. The T is silent. Yeah. Okay. Bergamot. Okay. Got it. Yeah. So, Bergam- so why? What was your mission behind starting bergamot? Um. Honestly, I just wanted to share more vegan food with people and let them know that. vegan food is just as tasty and that's one of the reasons why like i've not really mentioned plant based or vegan anywhere in our you know page or in our branding or anything because i mean the vegans already know that vegan food is good but there are so yep. many people out there who think who who thinks that they would not want to eat this way 
not because they don't love animals but because they think the food would be so bland or something like that they have those sort of misconceptions which i too did at one point yep. so this is most mostly for them and to sort of show that um you know it can be as delicious you can have just the sort of whatever the creamy the the, the you know the consistency the texture everything that you're looking for in regular desserts you can just as well have it in a vegan version of it yep Yeah. So that the, was the essentially very, what it was. Yeah, the very idea that you know vegan food looks like mush is something that I've heard mm. that I used to hear quite a bit. Uh, you know, when I was vegan as yeah. well. Yeah, lettuce, lettuce. And, otherwise, yeah. Oh man, yeah, lettuce, and of course tofu. Right, tofu was like. Yeah, yeah. You know, people would. <laughs> yeah, just I think the this. bland thing that comes from tofu, despite Absolutely. us being a very paneer-eating nation and this being so similar, <laughs> for whatever reason, <laughs> there's this misconception. Yeah, because there's also that whole misconception of also consuming too much soya as well, right? Soy by ah, itself yes. is also very it knocks your hormonal balance off the charts once in a while, and you know that's another story for another day for sure. But I think you know right. just those tons of those misconceptions that you're talking about definitely sort of it doesn't exist as much anymore. It's it's so wonderful to see how our society is also. sort of opened up to the option of saying that you know it's okay for it to be plant based or it's okay for it to be right. free because i think yeah, lactose there's definitely in- a lot more acceptance yes absolutely you know lactose intolerance is something that people have understood now i think mm-hmm. uh, you know they do believe that and you know in fact my daughter was lactose intolerant for a good one and a half years by the way i could not oh. give her i could not give her milk uh, as in dairy mm, uh, uh, right. you know, in the form of milk of course she had the by products of curd for instance which she accepted beautifully mm-hmm. i think every baby does mm. but i think you know right. the very fact that she was lactose intolerant for almost the first two years of her life is something that you know for instance my mother was pretty shocked about she's like how is that possible i mean babies are supposed mm. to have milk um yeah, but my right. argument to that and i think i also sort of i was secretly hoping that she would continue to be lactose intolerant because <laughs> i was wishing and hoping that she could be vegan at some point uh but i'm going right. to give her that choice ultimately of course but mm-hmm. i think the idea is that the very fact that we're becoming far more accepting of the fact that it's okay for you to be allergic to dairy and by products of dairy itself is sort of helping people accept the idea of plant based anything for that matter uh, at this point in time right and and let yes. alone i think veganism also i think is something that people are sort of looking at it but you know one of the things something that i've understood and this is something that when i was vegan uh, that i observed mm-hmm. right so there are there were two ends of the spectrum there used to be one end of the spectrum of people who used to say that used to be vehement about veganism right they were like how dare you kill mm. animals and you know they'd get gory about it and they would get into the details of you know the number of cows that we were killing the number of calves that were starving to death and mm-hmm. you know and etc right it used to get very gory and extremely painful and for me personally that sort of an approach never worked for me right. it was more about doing the right thing doing the more ethical thing i wouldn't call it the right thing but the ethical mm-hmm. way of doing things and about how certain types of food belong uh, you know belong to certain types of mammals or animals for that matter and that's where you know the very concept of letting go of dairy even came into came into my head at the first place right and that's what the right. whole jalikatta movement was all about now yeah, yeah. that's the other end of the spectrum now there was a middle mm-hmm. sort of a layer where people would just sort of do their own thing right they'd be like mm-hmm. you know what you continue i continue to do what i need to you will mm-hmm. get to get to doing the ethical thing over a period of time and we will continue to sort of educate you when you have the opportunity or you ha- you have the open mindedness to come over and speak to me about it right yes. and and i preferred that middle ground and i also preferred the the other end of the spectrum where you know 
we would do the right thing and we continue to advocate it sort of proactively in a way now mm-hmm. you know one of the things that you spoke about and the reason why i'm asking this question is because you don't use the word vegan anywhere in your promos is what you say right and even when mm-hmm. you are in a pop up for instance you don't necessarily harp on the fact that it's vegan no, you don't necessarily yeah. harp on the fact that it's plant based now i'm assuming you belong to the middle ground in a way uh, or to the mm-hmm. other end of the spectrum so you know uh, how do you think it needs to be encouraged you know the idea of having a plant based diet or going vegan for that matter um mm-hmm. you know let, let's leave aside maybe the you know love for animals part of a thing about part, mm-hmm. you know part of the argument because i think a lot of people have mixed feelings about that right like you said it's only cats mm-hmm. and dogs for instance mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. not necessarily the um you know the entire animal group or the mammal group mm-hmm. for that matter mm-hmm. so right. what would you i mean what do you think needs to be done for people to be encouraged to sort of go down this route right um so i think you know these um like as you said it's a spectrum and i think activism on most ends of the spectrum or most points in the spectrum not the ends but most points do have its place and yep. there are certain people who will sort of receive that message in a certain way like you know a certain kind of message is what gets to them and yep. uh, i mean i am guilty of being one of those extremely vocal advocates as well um uh, fighting with some of my friends on facebook if i've had that phase as well but yeah right now i don't that is definitely not where i'm at uh, i do think that uh, you know like people do like i mean it's not that they don't understand um but they do have their own blocks and forcing someone is impossible um all you can do is try and make it easier for them Yep. so that's where i am at right now where just showing people um that you know there are no like there are no setbacks to this that's essentially what it is and that you can sort of the comfort food you have always eaten the clothes the kind of clothes that you have always worn all of that is is still possible even if you are not getting it from animals and also um i do think like i mean since like i said for me when i said i loved animals back in the day it was just cats and dogs but it, uh, i also think it's important to help these people understand that these animals that we eat are very similar to the animals that we love yep. so that is another that is the, those are the two aspects that i i think works like um you know in terms of communicating and then after that it's just their personal choice and there's not really you know there's there's nothing you can do about it and uh, they'll get there in their own time yeah absolutely you know yeah. one of the things that you know namta i i completely get it right the very fact that uh you know i used to be vehement about it from the perspective of some if somebody sort of questioned it to the extent that you know what is the necessity for you to go vegan mm. at this point you know uh you're just ruining your health and i've actually heard my own family sort of say this to me in fact that's another thing where we are like sort of learning to bust to the myths yeah. that are there around the vegan diet because there's so many misconceptions so yeah. i think that's also another part of activism that really helps because people are sometimes afraid to become vegan because they think you know what i'm going to get a protein deficiency and die or you know Correct. what i'm going to and a get b12 like... deficiency more importantly yeah. i think that's oh exactly. my god that b12 conversation is something that's driven me up the wall so many times <laughs> i can yeah. only imagine I mean, it's as simple as supplementing and honestly yeah. um i also i'm a nutritionist myself and uh, yep. though i don't practice right now i also know so many non vegans who have a vitamin b12 deficiency so it is not even something that is you know associated directly correlated with veganism yep. there are non vegans also who need to supplement but i think it just sort of there's this fear and then i don't know maybe maybe it's also very it's a radical shift for them so then yep. they sort of 
holding on to all these misconceptions and fears maybe <laughs> you know in fact i also think it's a very easy sort of a conversation to have or an argument to have right uh, mm-hmm. health by itself is a conversation that people would sort of hop on to when they don't right. have another stronger point to really fight with if you think about it uh, you know one mm-hmm. of the one of the biggest questions that they used to ask me is that where do you get your protein from uh, when you're vegetarian mm. where do you really get your protein from otherwise let's think about exactly. it for a minute right uh, it's it's yeah. as simple as, as simple a question or rather as simple a response as that now you right. know that sort of naturally sort of goes into the next question and i think you answered a little bit of it i think if you were to tell me uh, you know uh, anamita you know three absurd things that you may have heard you know as mm. as a vegan uh, you right. know what what would what would that be <laughs> um so the one that i get the most often is honestly where do you get your protein from um there is obviously no dearth of you know vegan plant based protein sources but the more absurd ones that i have got and it's not a joke i've gotten this so many times one is but plants feel pain um uh, and the second one is if we don't eat animals won't they over- overpopulate the earth um <laughs> these two are honestly the most absurd ones that i have ever heard and um honestly if people just took a second to think of the fact that the same animals that we eat are first fed plants and then we eat the animals with the plants you know sort of just the so logic balancing it out either the... way is right if you think about it <laughs> no i mean either way the plants will feel pain if they at all do feel pain yeah <laughs> you know nobody is just eating an animal on its own anyways so i mean obviously there's no research that proves yet that plants have a nervous system and thus it as of now we don't uh, believe that they feel pain that's one thing but even if they did you know there's a there's a whole other argument that we can possibly have about that and uh, yeah the other thing is about uh, the animals overpopulating the earth and uh, honestly all of these animals that we eat they are raised for us to eat so the moment we decide to stop eating them we will no longer raise them so in fact their population will go down if anything so yeah i think those are the two most absurd ones that i've heard so far right now what about as a vegan chef i'm sure you've been asked some absurd questions there as well so i think it's mostly just like oh this doesn't have eggs oh this doesn't have milk so you know people get so shocked that something can taste good without egg or butter or milk and yeah. i mean it's not that we, we obviously use a vegan version of these things but they are so they, they associate the idea of eggs and butter being inherently important to make something taste good and i get that question a lot if you were to sort of you know bust a couple of myths and also this is also because you are a nutritionist uh namita mm-hmm. and you sort of do this on a regular basis you also work out which also then means that you supplement uh quite regularly yes. too right yes. i've seen you sort yes. of do this on your on your instagram page as well i see your meals on a regular basis too um so the one thing i'd like to address is that um just a, a plant based diet on its own is not necessarily any healthier you yeah. can eat you know just as much junk food eat sugar all day and you can uh, you know have burgers and everything on a plant based diet as well so uh, there are some people who do say that a plant based diet in and of itself is healthy which is not true so of course it can be healthy if you want it to be um that's one and then the second thing is that there is plenty of protein even in a plant based diet so i track my uh, macros and i hit a minimum of 80 to 100 grams of protein a day and of course all plant based um right. so if i can do it anybody can do it and um, like yes a lot of the plant based sources 
of uh, protein are soy based whether it's tofu or tempeh edamame they are all like you know soybean based but soy is not bad for you um yes. the whole the whole fear that soy you was bad for you and it mimics estrogen that is from a very old study that was mainly done on rats so now that we have uh, you know gone deeper into the subject it is actually the new research that's coming out says that soy can actually be beneficial for your health and that it can sort of be beneficial to prevent multiple types of cancer so uh actually something i was reading about just today um wow. so yeah i think those are the two main myths the, the one more thing that i'd like to say is that uh, it's not a myth but as a vegan it's very important for you to sup- supplement with b12 because that's something we were discussing we right. don't get b12 from any sources whatsoever the only yep. source that exists is nutritional yeast and that's not something we eat on a daily basis and that also has to be fortified usually right now you know namita if you were to sort of speak about some resources that you do, that you do believe that you know uh people who are willing to go plant based uh for instance yeah. uh and also vegan what would you recommend as resources that that you think we should refer to right um i think it's great to follow i mean like you said before there are people who talk about veganism in multiple different ways and if there's somebody you resonate with and the the way they are approaching it and the way they are educating people it's a great idea to follow them because that's how you will learn more about it secondly it's a great idea to find people in your city um who are following a vegan diet because they'll be able to tell you okay you know what if you go out there are so many different places for you to eat because that was something i struggled with first i didn't know anybody in my city who was a vegan and uh, if i had known them i would have probably gone vegan earlier because they were able to help me with finding you know the vegan cheeses in the market vegan right. milk find vegan restaurants to eat so you don't feel so like alone in this thing that you're doing as well yep. so that's the second thing and the third thing is um there's a every january there's something called veganuary that happens that's yep. a 30 day sort of a challenge where you don't eat uh, you know any dairy products or meat for that entire duration and they sort of help you and take you step by step through the process and they give you like a lot of information there are uh, emails that come through so i think that's a very supportive resource as well that i first used Uh, the first year when i turned vegan yeah and i also think you know the the internet by itself is sort of exploding with so much of information yeah, right absolutely, uh, especially yes. from an yeah you know there are so many indian resources that you could sort of refer to i think when i when i also turned vegan initially it was all about uh you know uh imported stuff that we had to pick up mm. and it was fairly expensive to be vegan as well initially i think yes. with the number of alternatives that have sort of been in that have come into the market now i think every nook and corner especially tier 2 cities in india have so many startups that are sort of working on oh yes anything plant yes. based anything vegan i think mock meat has sort of taken the taken our entire country by some sort of wildfire you know yes, we get mock yes, meat at yes. every corner of the every corner of the country you get mock meat today in fact i was in Jaipur back in April and I still remember mm. there were a couple of restaurants that I had mock meat in the in the menu and I was I oh, actually really? was, that would have been unheard of a few years ago exactly my point right I was shell shocked I said what what on earth I can't believe I'm finding mock meat in right? Jaipur of all the places under the sun so <laughs> you know amazing. I think it's like you said I think it's the the very fact that things have sort of you know people are a lot more open now and the society also mm. in general has become far more accepting So okay now I've never done this before just as uh, maybe to sort of conclude this absolutely amazing conversation Namita you know 
I think you know I think we should do a rapid fire simply because yes, okay. um, this is going to be fun because veganism by itself is a subject that's super passionate to me uh, I'm still like I said struggling to sort of get into it but you know you can see that I can't stop talking about it so mm. let's maybe right before we conclude I'd love to sort of ask you maybe six thought questions I'd love for you to sort of tell me what comes at the top of your mind when you hear this question so okay now let's very quickly begin Now, if there was one food that you would veganize, what would that be? I think honestly, croissant because in India it's really hard because we don't get the proper butter. But some days yeah. I really crave a good one, yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Okay. Now, the one restaurant that actually comes to your mind with the best vegan options. I think right now in Mumbai there's an Otagaya, which is a cloud kitchen. They're doing incredible innovation with vegan desserts. Awesome. A vegan brand that you you're like super obsessed with right now. I love protein. So any any really good plant protein is great for me. I love Cosmix. I love Stripe. Um, I have them every day. So yeah, and I love mock meat. So Blue Tribe is great as well for mock meats. Okay, your most favorite vegan city in India and in the world? In India, it has to be Bangalore. Um, it it's got so many vegan options. You never feel like you're missing out. So it's great. Um, in the world, I'd say either London or Paris. Both are both have been amazing. Now, if there was one city that you traveled to because of all its vegan options that I haven't yet and that I would like to is definitely Bali. I they have an amazing vegan scene, and I'm very excited to try it. Okay, so does Cambodia, by the way. So you should you should definitely. Yeah, I have been there. I've been there, oh, and I great. loved it. Super. It was oh amazing. Oh my god! When so... I went to Cambodia, I'm sorry. Before I ask you the last question, I think when no. I went to Cambodia, I was vegan, and I went crazy because every nook and corner had. amazing vegan options plant based options they didn't call it right. vegan but they would mm-hmm. simply say dairy free so we knew right. that it was vegan by the end of it so yeah. so yeah incredible I, mean, that was, I, i was actually surprised how much they had i wasn't expecting such a your feast honestly yeah. yeah okay now the last question now you know what would your last me- meal on earth be oh that's a lot of pressure i was just thinking about that and <laughs> i have no idea maybe like french fries or something that doesn't like, take the pressure <laughs> off of things <laughs> I couldn't think of one thing that I wanted to eat. Oh, like a buffet. A buffet would be good. <laughs> What would yours be? I'd love to know. I would. I would definitely choose. You know, just a buffet of desserts, right? I think that mm. would be the best thing that can happen to me. Uh, because, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I love the sugar rush. One second, uh, you know, honestly, that's one of the one of the things that I I definitely want to lose the craving of. Because whenever I'm anxious or whenever I'm super happy. It's always a piece of cake that I have to go after. So uh-huh. um, that is something that would definitely be the last thing that I would want to eat for sure. Fair enough. That's a good answer. 